Hey there, Sean. Hey, Pierce. How's it going? It's pretty okay. All right. That means it's time for another episode of the It's Pretty Okay podcast. Let's do it. Let's start the show. something I want to say on oh last Thursday that I hadn't done in a while uh, Emily came over and we had dinner from a, a place like a, a place that was doing a pop-up uh, like a pop-up pizza thing where they made uh, Detroit style pizza which is delightful by the by it's the square uh, kind of square, thicker pizza cooked in like a steel pan. So the outside, like the edges are very crisp and crunchy. Uh, but uh, we, we, so we, like pizza hut pizza, I, <laughs> like the pizza pan pizza. I, yeah, I believe that is the inspiration for the, the pizza hut pan pizza. <laughs> sure. uh, but that is not the the unique thing that that we did. Um, we sat at my sort of dining table and, and ate dinner there. And it was the first time, uh, certainly it was the first time since I moved to Richmond that we have sat down for a meal like that, you know, not on the couch or, you know, uh, kind of by the, by the TV. Uh, and it's one of the first times, uh, even that I've sat at the table, uh, for for a meal by myself, uh, mm. and then this just sort of happened to coincide, Pierce, with you uh, doing that thing that you sometimes do, where you uh, send us an article and go like, "I got some thoughts about this." Yeah, I usually ask a question too, which which I yes. mean the the question you you have you've kind of laid out already, which is we have these these tables. For dining, we also, if if you are, and we'll kind of get to this, <clears throat> if you have the space available, you might have a room that is nominally for dining. Um, and I think that there's this idea that people don't really use those anymore for, for that. And especially right now where, where, you know, you're probably plenty intimate with the people in your household um, and you're not really having people over. But I, I mean, I think one place to start and, and we can kind of go around and, and maybe reflect on this, but there was a, a survey uh, pretty recently um, talking to, to people kind of in our age group and, and you know, around it. Um, and it said that growing up, 72% of them ate at some dining table, um, but now only 48% of them eat at a dining table as as a family. So so there's this big drop in in. Uh, sitting at a dining table and like we don't really have families like full full out families where you know you've got this nuclear four-person thing but i mean that was definitely something that i did like every night growing up and sean to your point i mean i don't gravitate to a specific dining table right now 
Yeah, I, and and so the the article that you sent us was about sort of the the decline or or the the repurposing of a formal dining table, and mm-hmm. I, I think it's probably important for for me to make this distinction that I do not very much do not have a formal dining table. Uh, I have a I have what I would probably call a kitchen table. Uh, the the kind of thing that you can buy in a set with four chairs on Craigslist for forty dollars in Charlottesville, Virginia. Uh, but I, you know, growing up, I I would say my family put a really high emphasis on uh, eating as many meals together as a family as possible, and most of the time it was in uh, what the article references as an eaten an eat-in kitchen where you have that kind of table in, you know, either like in the kitchen proper, or I think in, in my family's case, the room was set up in such a way that uh, there was kind of like a, a wraparound countertop and, and the, uh, the, the range was sort of protruding into the middle of the room and kind of separated off a, a section, like a, like a breakfast nook basically yeah. where, where our, table was but we also had a dining room uh where we would you know uh, where we would eat for like special occasions like when we had my grandparents coming over and we just like had more people than a a, you know that sort of six person type table could could fit or for holidays Mm uh and so uh so then a couple years ago uh my my parents sort of remodeled their kitchen in a way that got rid of the breakfast nook in favor of a big ass kitchen island right in the middle that has like, you know, bar stools. And so we eat some meals there. But now I find that uh, when when I go home, uh, especially when I'm there at the same time as my siblings, we actually make significantly more use of the dining room just for sort of everyday uh yeah. like you know dinner time eating much more than uh than ever like when i was 10 mm-hmm. and so so yeah i mean you've kind of described a, a change and i think that maybe that end part is is maybe unique but also when you are empty nesters and your children come home that is kind of a special occasion oh 100% um, Max, I'm I'm curious. I I think that you indicated that that when you were growing up, it might have been a little bit different than what Sean is describing. But maybe maybe it wasn't. And and I'm curious how it is now because you are f- fairly close to your family um, over the last couple of years. And and I wonder if you've noticed any any changes compared to when you were growing up. Yeah. Um. I well, I feel like when I was very young, up until probably sometime in middle school. Um, we kind of ate all our meals at what Sean described for, as the kitchen island with stools, mm-hmm. um, but a kitchen without a TV or anything. Mm-hmm. We really only used our separate dining room for guests or holidays. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't think of a time when we would sit down with just the nuclear family, if you will, for a meal at the dining room table. And then probably sometime around middle school-ish into high school, we sort of switched to having most meals in the living room. Mm-hmm. 
with the television. But yes. there's an exception to that, which is that, well, there's two, two differences now, which one is that my parents, while they live close, no longer have a formal dining room because they've, they've downsized their, their house. Um, and unfortunately, because of COVID, I actually haven't really eaten a lot of meals there. Um, but when we're at the house in Maine, which you guys have all been to, so you know it's not really a, it's it's an open concept, but there is a I, I would call it a dining area. Mm-hmm. We use that every every night when we're there, yeah. unless we're eating out outdoors. But we never eat like in the living room there. So and mm-hmm. that's usually the like. I would say in the past few years, certainly the majority of meals that I've had with my family have been up in that house. And so we do kind of eat together at the table there. Yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah. I think that that's that having that separate space. And I think there are some specialties involved in, in the main setting versus, versus maybe like, you know, where you spent most of your time. Um, so like a special occasion may be a little bit bigger. Kevin, I'm interested in you too because I think you have kind of the the largest family and and family around growing up. And was that like a challenge getting everybody at the the same place at the same time? Yeah. So we, I, I probably have. There have been periods where we did use the dining table a lot. Periods we didn't. Um, mm-hmm. Lots of different siblings of different ages. Sometimes living with grandparents. Sometimes not. Um, I will say that any time that it was a situation where. Uh, I was living with grandparents. We always ate dinner at the dinner table. Um, I guess, I don't know, mostly driven by them probably. Um, maybe wouldn't always get all four, uh, me and my three siblings all together all the time, but I think most, most um, you know, most dinners were eaten at the at the dinner table. And I, I do wonder kind of what off Max was saying with the, the open concept houses is if like people are like how how that changes i feel like more houses are going toward open concept and don't have like the formal dining room yeah and and there's a good bit of history which in this article we'll share but like even if you're just kind of thinking through the the history of of humankind there are some important things here which is first off a dining room is like it it very much is a built-in luxury like having in your house a space that is specifically for that not being multi-purpose i mean we've talked about i talked about desks last week and how i feel trapped in by by their maybe their single use and you know right now dining room tables are used for all these things if it's more like a kitchen table you do your homework at it you take your your zoom calls at it um so this idea of a dining table does come from like even Victorian times where you are sitting down and you are a person of, of, of wealth and you are being served there. And we, and it had been co-opted into like something aspirational to have a dining room and having a beautiful table too, which doesn't serve a lot of purpose for the average person. But there is a part too, and we kind of all mentioned it, which is, you know, the kitchen as is a hub, which, which is still true today. We have to realize that part of that was that in like the fifties where you had mass produced appliances that were not, um, you know, max, you're, you're well aware of the power of cast iron stoves and how warm they are. If that was in your kitchen, you would not cook food at it and also eat right next to it. So like in the fifties, having these eat in kitchens and this concept where you could be near the appliances where you cooked and not be sweltering in the summertime. That was a big advancement and, and the article gets into how, how things have changed there. So, I mean, for me, 
one thing that quickly hit me is, um, okay, maybe we're not eating at a formal like dining, capital D dining room table in a dining room anymore. But I think there are still a lot of instances and in, in we're used to it too, which is like you do have a place where you eat together. But I think that this eating together and honestly without screens in front of you, I think that that is what I think of as the thing that we're we're moving away from, like having just we're going to do this thing together and we're not going to be basically multitasking. Um, I, I do think that that has, has changed. And I know now when I go home or, or not go home, but when I'm, uh, you know, with, with my mom, it's like, we usually eat in front of the TV, which was, or not usually, but we often eat in front of the TV, which is not something we ever did before. So now we have another interface while eating. So, you know, Surprise, surprise, uh, this this article that is nominally about dining room tables, about a piece of furniture, is not actually really about a piece of furniture at all. It's about humans and society and families and priorities and how all of those things have evolved and how they all intertwine with each other now as opposed to 50 years ago or even as opposed to you know 50 weeks ago uh i you know that that was the thing that hit me i I didn't have a lot of time to like really dive through the the article in much detail but one of the things that i gathered from a quick skim was like it's really obviously the dining room table is a, a springboard to jump in and talk about how uh how home life has changed um mm-hmm. well and it mentions one thing that that i would be interested in your reactions to which is it it calls out kind of everyone stopping and eating at a table together as as a performance and i was really struck negatively by that because i was like okay this moment of us stopping for a moment and being social creatures which is a human thing and i understand when you're on your phone texting people you are being social but like to to use our communication skills face to face and you know the idea of that being a performance i'm like well then aren't we performing all the time it's it struck me really oddly max well i didn't necessarily take it that way though i i thought i took it more as like the times that you do use your dining room table are also the times that you're using your fine china and you're using Mm -hmm. your extra utensils and you're perhaps cooking performative meats and all these things where it's like it's it i mean it goes back to that conversation though it's like the whole the dinner becomes a performance whereas i think we've all talked about times when we use the dining room table more casually yeah and so i think there's a distinction there yeah Yeah. i I think that go ahead sean I, I was gonna. I was just gonna kind of co-sign onto that. I, I feel like it was a maybe a bit of a a leap that they took from, you know, dining room table to to fine china. But, you know, I mean, but that's how I view. I used mine at home, so that is like sure. that resonated with me because like if we were using the dining room table, we were use we weren't we weren't you know we were using everything. I, I, I guess I get that, but, like, the, the performance thing, just, like, every I'm, – I'm with you, Pierce. Every social act is on some level a performance. Not all performances are bad. No. There's a – you know, there there's a, a 
<laughs> there's a, a Jesus and Mero clip where they make fun of uh, Takashi Six Nine doing an interview on The Breakfast Club, and the host of the show asks him about his gangster persona, and Takashi gets all upset, and and it, you know is asking like, what do you, what do you mean it's a persona? And he like his the the implication for him is that a persona necessarily means that something is fake that it's not it, it's an act that you put on but it's not really who you are and i think that that's sort of the same i think that's maybe sort of the same sort of misunderstanding that's happening here is like yeah putting on a big holiday meal is undoubtedly a performance but that doesn't that doesn't mean that it's insincere or, or anything like that. Those yeah. occasions yeah, you, really are special. And even if it's not like a special meal, even if you want to designate it as this is a place where, you know, we eat dinner and, you know, maybe try not to use your phone while we eat and let's you know, sit and have a, a conversation for a bit. I think that that is, even if it's like a bit, uh, self-congratulatory it still might be a useful thing for you to do yes not only not only are not all performances bad some performances are really good the the past year pandemic life has has dropped a lot of you know has basically kind of shattered a lot of pretenses about society about our lives and I, I don't know. Maybe some of those pretenses were good. Maybe we need yeah. maybe we need to pick up some of those pretenses we dropped back in May. Yeah, I mean no one no one is going to say, "Oh, it's it's a bad idea to like have a space where you can have folks over and eat together again." Like having that as a as like a reason to get together, that is totally fine. Like it's it's you know, even if you play board games, someone's probably going to want snacks. So why not invite people over for dinner and then play some board games before or after? Like, it's just, it, it feels a very natural thing to to be uh, co-opted with, with togetherness. And and I think that there's there's some idea that like not eating at a, a dining table, lowercase d dining table, I guess, where it'd be in your kitchen, you know, the island, whatever. Um, if you if you have the space, it's like it's this idea of the rupture of families. And what I would say is, like, I think it's more the rupture of a really um, special and, and sacred um, place to be together. And, and I do recognize that we all think we don't have time for things. And some people pretty much, you know, really don't. And maybe it's a leisure to take 30 minutes to to sit together and eat together and and talk unencumbered by as we said in my house growing up no toys at the table which now just means no screens at the table but i mean i think that having that as like the prioritized leisure thing like the moment you take i mean i can't really think of any other instances during the day when you have a chance to be intimate with people who are who are important to you um and and like a better a better opportunity to make for yourself than than this one of like we're gonna eat anyways hopefully you're sitting down to it i might as well do it on the same schedule in the same place with these folks be it your family or your chosen family 
yeah, uh, I'm so I'm going to be moving in the fall and I'm trying to figure out what exactly I wanted to do with that, whether it will make more sense for me to, you know, maybe rent something or buy something and how big of a space I want. And it's, it's tough to wrestle with because like on one hand, I kind of want to embrace the not, not having too much space to furnish and not accumulating a bunch of stuff um, and, you know, getting out and enjoying things. But at the same time, I, want to be able to um have people over for dinner um for instance maybe like if we wanted to have um julia's future advisor over for dinner and like their family and we're also just kind of getting to an age where as we're splitting apart when we have friends over maybe they'll be staying for a couple of days and maybe it'd be nice to um you know make a nice meal for them for the guests as they come over and it's like it's annoying i guess that you kind of have to choose between the two it's hard to have both and it seems like a lot of uh, new constructions are kind of built with now a dining space in mind. They just are trying to cram as many as many buildings as they can into one area. So, you said without we'll a dining idea. space? Yeah, I mean, it's just small area. Like it might be like open concept, but it kind of mm. just means like, oh, the, this is one area I'm looking at. Right. But um, you know, it just seems to be about smaller spaces, but open, so they feel bigger. Mm-hmm. Yes. The whole house is a breakfast nook. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. There, there's a concept mentioned in the, the article, which I tried to look up and didn't get, but it's like farmhouse kitchens and you've got like an island with stools at it, but then you also have a table and then all of a sudden you also have a couch. And I'm just reminded of the 30 Rock episode where they go to build a microwave and they end up with a Pontiac Aztec. It's like you just keep adding things and I think it's like, okay, what you're describing is a house. And it doesn't all have to be in the same space. But if it's an open space, all of a sudden you you have that. And and uh, I mean, I can say a, a thing that, that uh, I, I recently ran into is when you look at older spaces, Kevin, um, they, are, they are not built for the modern TV and the modern couch and then also like having a dining table. So you'll go and you'll be like, oh, well, where am I going to put the couch and where am I going to put the TV? And what that what that's really hitting me now is you're asking like when I do have people over or when I'm by myself, like what spaces are we going to use? And I think that regardless, it it's always important to like have a space where people that you look forward to being with, you all can commune in some way. Um, and I, I think that, that that becomes, if you feel like the space is too small to do that, like even if you're sitting on the floor, if the floor is too small for you all to sit together, then like that's that's a detriment for the space. So not not to be just like comedy reference guy on this on this mm-hmm. episode, but there's this is also sort of reminding me of a uh, of a Kyle Kinane bit uh, where he talks about um, how how us like one sign of kind of growing up and, and getting older is you like when you buy your first new couch and you yeah. stop being the kind of dirtbag that gets a couch for free from somewhere. <laughs> and like you, you'd reach a point where somebody would essentially have a come over and see the new couch party. And you know what? <laughs> After this dog shit year, I, I think I think we gotta be having some come see the new couch parties. I just like take 
in in 2021 and 2022 any excuse you have to be around people that you care about just like make it a damn celebration like if you yeah. if you haven't learned from from this that that these opportunities are things that can be taken for granted and thus accordingly you should not do that then like i i don't i don't know what the last i don't know what the last year has entailed for you yeah no i mean just everybody come over and focus on the same interface at the same time if it's deck furniture or a couch or you're playing you're playing a game on an iPad just make sure you're all sharing the same thing at the same time because time is coming nearby where you can all touch the same thing again and that's going to be that's going to be great and if it's a couch or if it's you know whatever it is i mean it granted it is a luxury to be able to talk about like getting a new couch and stuff like that these sure. are expensive things but all the more reason to celebrate them and i think to to have people over to do that yeah before i always um or Julia always laughed at me because if I were getting together with friends, we'd be like, oh, we're watching like this NBA game. And she'd be like, oh, who do you want to win? And be like, oh, well, I don't really care who wins. We just like need an excuse to see each other. Yeah. Because we can't just say we want to hang out. So <laughs> we pretend that we're going to watch this NBA game very like closely. Um, but yeah, now maybe we'll focus on things like couches. All of a sudden, those like made up days, like today is national appreciate your your plumber day those are gonna come become all the more reason to celebrate it's like oh you know i i bought a bunch of bananas because it's national banana day or, or something um I, I don't know maybe they won't be valuable but ha- having reasons to celebrate i think that that's that's good yeah uh also just like as, as we as we wrap up i i do want to go back to something you said earlier pierce you 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 suggested that you were not really aware of the idea of a farmhouse kitchen did i did i mishear that no i i i looked it up because i didn't really understand how that worked and then i I, when i saw it it still didn't really ring true to me okay i was just curious because if if you've ever been bored on a saturday and have been like flipping channels and seen hgtv like it doesn't matter if you stopped on it for an hour or one minute you've seen 700 farmhouse kitchens that's 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 fair um i haven't had cable in however many years so that might be the problem here to discovery plus oh i think i have access to that now Ooh. yeah oh these the open cabinet thing some people say that's really passe um i'm gonna have some to put cookbooks on here soon so i'll report i do think it hot damn i'm pretty sure that what what pierce's last couple months have taught us is that we will see pierce on hgtv as we're flipping through channels in the future (laughs) one day Ooh, (sighs) did you go on did you go on um an hgtv show to find your house and you just can't tell us because of an nda no No, i think i I think i I don't think i I don't think pierce is in like the price range of usual hgtv houses (laughs) i don't i don't know i actually i do i do I have talked to someone, um, and and uh, th- they're neighbors of someone I know here um, that were on one of those HGTV shows, and they redid the inside, and they had no say in the matter. And it, it apparently has a massive, <laughs> a massive pizza oven. That I could see from outside. I was like, "What the hell is in that house?" They're like, "That's a pizza oven that HGTV put in there." <laughs> That's uh, yeah. I've been uh, 
my my latest sort of general YouTube rabbit hole has been uh, supercuts from Bar Rescue, <laughs> and part of part of the contract for for that show is you have to let you know you have to let John Taffer and his crew like redo your bar with whatever concept they want. They can change the name, they can change the logos, they can change everything. Hiring and firing power, the whole nine. Uh, and, and so that's uh it's pretty funny to hear that it even extends to home reno shows. Wow. Yeah. And and you know, also I will say to to kind of bring it back with, you know, the home renovations and, and the bar made me think of today I saw a listing for, for Jimmy Fallon's um triplex was listed. Worth looking at. It's one of the craziest houses I've seen. Um and uh you know, with these these spaces and the dining room is, you know, going back to Victorian times, it's like very much like a luxury to have one. And you want to show up. Now we have like theater rooms, or you have a, a farmhouse kitchen, or um, apparently not so much now, but you have a home gym and stuff. It's like the status symbol has changed, but I think listening to this, having a space, even if it's just in the kitchen, even if it's a breakfast nook, or if it's on your porch, um, screened in porch or something, like everybody, I think whatever their their housing whatever is available to them like having a space that you can spend time with people and like disconnect or or connect to something together um i think that that's that's always going to be valuable and yeah rupturing that would suck i think people are making choices to do it differently but um so attacking a dining room i'm not trying to do that but like i would attack like the the dissolution of having a space to to together i don't want to see you know household cubicles basically that would be bad yeah don't like that idea at all um okay should we uh should we call it quits and move on to pierce's sorry any more takes it takes any balloon Uh, takes if you're if your only dining table in your home has been has become a home office (laughs) you don't have as many options um but you make do with what you have. <laughs> that that yeah, that's uh, that is where the the article ends up. So uh, perfect, perfect full circle moment. And uh, and now we'll we'll uh, move on and, and ask Pierce, uh, what are you apologizing for today? Um, you know, actually, if there there are just so many options. Um, but I think one thing that I'd had um, in here for a bit, and I wasn't able to get to for. Uh, really fiscal reasons. Um, now that I'm fully out of my previous dwelling, um, I, there were some rules there that were, were not enforced, but nevertheless, I was always concerned about that involved having or not having uh, pets. Um, and as someone who did have a pet for much of the time I, I lived there, um, there was always part of me that was like, I know a lot of people don't have pets, or a lot of people have pets that say they don't. Um, but there's always an edginess to thinking like, oh, what if, what if they catch me? Um, so I, I'm not apologizing for breaking the rules, but there was a time pretty early on in having a pet where uh, I had I had a knock at my door, which almost never happened in the entire time I, I lived there. And uh, I like freaked out, like felt like my heart was going to explode um you know 
hid hid the pet and then also called someone to be like i don't know what's happening did you get any emails or anything like that um and then of course i i actually opened the door after some minutes where i had made all this noise so if anybody was at the door they would know that i was there freaking out being guilty um and i looked outside and there was actually a, a gift basket there from a family member so what i'm sorry about is that i assumed snitching <laughs> of people in my building, <laughs> which it became pretty clear over the next, because this was, I mean, not that early, but early enough, I was still learning the, the, the building. It's like, there was no snitching or enforcement of rules going on there. But I really assumed the worst in people, um, which is that they'd be in your business and bothered by things that didn't actually bother them. And uh, I, I think I learned a lot from that, which is like understanding the tolerance of, of the people you, you live next to and like letting them go about their, their lives um, as long as they don't bother you. And uh, I, should, I should expect that of others too. Um, and with that, I, will, I, will, I am trying to avoid getting on next door with, with every, uh, every <laughs> thread in my body because that place is the worst. <laughs> So don't assume snitching. Don't assume snitching. All right. Well, uh, speaking speaking of uh, tolerance and and uh, trusting one's neighbors and whatnot, uh, this week's big idea from pop culture uh, is that I was listening to an episode of Pop Culture Happy Hour, the NPR podcast, last week, uh, and uh they they've changed format a couple times over the last few years but they're they're now doing shorter episodes five days a week and as a result one of the things that they're doing to fill their programming schedule is more kind of episodes where they recommend something uh that is not necessarily new but that you might enjoy and I heard three people make a fairly impassioned case for King of the Hill, a show oh. that I had never seen, but it is on Hulu. And so I have been watching uh, the first season of King of the Hill, and it's it's delightful. Uh, it is not, uh, you know, it's not like super high joke density necessarily but it's um i don't know it's it's one of those things it's one of the shows that treats its characters really well and and the the point that all of the nprites made about it was that it is a show where the characters are kind of conservative leaning sort mildly ignorant texas redneck types but that's never exactly the reason that the show makes fun of them. Mm-hmm. And so I thought that was a, a neat thing. Uh, and, and I've been, I've been enjoying the show. Also Pamela Adlin, it, who is great is the voice of uh, Bobby Hill, which who knew? I mean, I guess people that watched King of the Hill before. Dang it, Bobby. Probably didn't. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> I, I mean, I can't, I can't believe we just had Mike Judge on, on It's Pretty Okay. Yeah, that was uh, amazing. 
That was uh, that was something else. Max was king of the hill. Something that was in rotation during your family dinners. Oh, absolutely. No, not during dinner. Um, I I, I watched it a bunch in high school, but I feel like I didn't yeah. really, or maybe younger even. I don't think it's really targeted to that age group. <laughs> no, so it's, it's I like not. watched it, but I didn't really know what I was watching. Um, yeah. I just watched it because it because it because it bookended The Simpsons, um, yes. and Seinfeld. Uh, but then I've I've revisited it a little bit, not more recently, but after that, and it, yeah, it's a. Uh, I would I should revisit it again. <laughs> I think but I've seen a lot of episodes. <laughs> I think you figure out very quickly that it's not targeted at kids because the thing like. Yeah, but I was a stupid kid, so I didn't. Oh no, that. sure. I was but, like, oh, it's animated. But, it must be for me. But watching it for the first time at essentially now twenty nine years old, one of the first things that pops out is that like Bobby's greatest ambition in life is to become like a borscht belt prop comic, and like that's not something that's targeted at children. <laughs> Take my wife, please. <laughs> So yeah. it's uh it, it's a thing it's a thing that I I've been uh I've been enjoying uh having kind of a, a low low stakes low commitment thing to watch uh so maybe maybe it's for you uh maybe it's not but uh King of the Hill is on Hulu and and you can you can make that decision for yourself. Uh, that is the end of the show. You can find us at our home on the web, www.prettyokpod.com, or you can subscribe to the feed on your podcast app of choice. If you do that, please leave us a rating, review, comment, that sort of thing. Or just tell a friend about the show. We'd love to share it with them as well. We'll be back next week to talk about something else. Until then, I'm Sean. I'm Pierce. I'm Max. I'm Kevin. Thanks for listening.